Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Happy Friday, buddies. It's another episode of your favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is my new buddy, Ross Ojeda. How you doing today, buddy? I'm great. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm, 100%. Now, you are a talent agent from Notable Artists. Can you tell us how you got into that business? Well, um, I, I didn't plan on it, that's for sure. Uh, I wish I could. You know, some people go to school to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer, and they have a, you know, a prescribed curriculum. Um, when you want to get into the entertainment business, you kind of wing it. Uh, there's no school really uh, that that teaches what I what I do, um, and so I kind of fell into it. Uh, I decided to do what I wanted to do, and then it evolved. Uh, it all started with college and uh, being uh, involved in college radio. Nice. From that, uh, I got a job with A&M Records, and then. I got burned out on the music business for a few years, but when I retired, um, a uh, friend of mine calls me up and says, I'd, I'd like for you to help me. He himself had um, just made a big decision. Um, his name is Peter Himmelman, and um, he has the distinction, although I never introduce him this way to friends, He's Bob Dylan's son-in-law. He married Ooh. Maria Dylan, and but but I I I became aware of Peter Himmelman in the 1980s. He had a contract with Island Records, and he was just about his his manager, his personal manager, had just gotten him a uh, a slot to open for Sting on Sting's World Tour, and his manager said got you this slot. He says, no can do. And his man says, what do you mean? He says, I've decided to become an observant Jew and I can't perform on the Sabbath, which is Friday night at dusk, sunset, until Saturday. That kind of kills a concert tour. And what? so uh, I respected his, um, his desire to follow his faith at the expense of his performing career. So he continued in music, but um, he, he um, stopped. And so he decided once he was an empty nest a few years ago to start performing again, still not performing on Friday or Saturday, but you know, he can call his own shots and, uh, and he needed my help. So 
that's how I got back into it. He says, I know you're well connected. I know you can do what I need you to do. Will you help, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. And, and sometimes you just can't say no. <laughs> and then he said, as long as you're helping me, why don't you help others? And that's what I started doing. I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's hey, how, I got, how I got back into it. We love long answers on this show. You know, I'd rather hear the full story of how you started rather than, eh, I just figured one day I would just, you know, try my luck in this thing. And it worked out. So here I am, you know, because it makes a better episode when there's a good story behind it. But speaking of stories, I got to know this one story. You represent some friends of mine, some mutual buddies of ours. I'm wondering for the life of us, how in the world did you get mixed in with these guys? <laughs> oh no! Who is that guy? <laughs> That's my hey, dude. Uh, I love how he plays core, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he can almost pull it off. Mm-hmm. That's well, um, I uh, sometimes tragedy has mm-hmm. gifts, mm. and and uh, a friend of mine that I knew decades before was a program director of a radio station. And then he started his own syndicated program. Um, and, um, and he was just about ready to celebrate 20 years of, uh, of being uh, on the air uh, in probably 30 or 40 markets. And, um, and he passed away. Mm. And uh, his wife put on a memorial service uh, at the, uh, I live in Gilbert, Arizona, and there's a a performing arts center called the Higley Center. And she had the memorial service at the Higley Center. I'd never been, but um, uh, I went down there and she had people perform. And the last guy to perform knocked me out. He got on this Bosendorfer grand concert grand piano and smiling because I could never remember Bosendorfer. Um, but uh, even old dogs can learn new tricks. And, and he got on this piano and he played such beautiful music. And of course I knew it was original. He wasn't playing a cover. And so as is my thing to do I chase when when someone strikes me as being unique I track them down and I went out to the lobby afterwards and I tracked him down and I I said you know the music you played was incredible and um, I just wanted to let you know that and very soon after we became friends and one thing led to another and uh, one time they uh, hogtied me and tickled me with feathers until I said that I'd be willing to help them. So that's the secret. That's how you do it. That's pretty close. Yeah. That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, Rock. You'll, you'll get to know me, Nick, that sometimes I embellish things. <laughs> So listen, Ross, I did this just for you. You like this background here? You like uh-huh. that? 
Well, the screen is so little. So I'll be honest. It's hard to see. Is it a is it a spatial one? Well, yeah, I've done I've done something for you here. This is a trippy virtual background because I thought it might be three things for you. Number one, this is in my mind what music reps remember after twenty years. <laughs> Number two, this should remind you of old Jefferson airplane music videos. Okay, yeah. And number three, this is the same decor as Gino Vanelli has at his club for hairy men. So, <laughs> well, I have to tell you something. When you said that uh, about remembering, I remember what uh, what uh, David Crosby once said. He said, "Anyone who says they tells you they remember the 1960s wasn't really there." No, because we were in altered states. Most yeah, time. including Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta ask. I gotta ask in both a serious and a comical sense. What is it like representing these guys? Well, I'll be serious and say it's joyful, and that's what I love about what I do. It's it's fun, you know. I, I never liked working. Um, but I've always enjoyed having fun. <laughs> and that's what, uh, you know, I mean, again, there's that old saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, I love that. I love that saying. And that's what I do my best to live by on BuddyCast because it's not, it's not a work. Like, it's not like, ah, uh, yeah, I'll be right with you. I got to do a BuddyCast and, you know, do it, but then I'll be yours. Um, it's more, it's more along the lines of just, Hey, I get, to, I got to do a buddy cast real quick. You know, I gotta just, I'm going to interview this guy and I can't wait. So just give me a few minutes and then I'm yours, you know? So you're absolutely right. You don't, you, whenever, whenever work becomes play, you know, that's really when it's not work. And these guys have a tendency to be close-knit with people like you. And, and, and I remember the first fundraiser that uh, I saw with you guys. And I went, these guys remind me of two periods in my life. And that is when I was at that radio station, uh, we had for a short period of time, an uh, incredible amount of talent. We didn't know we had all that talent. One went on to help found MTV. Another one uh, became uh, a, there was a, um, uh, a TV uh, guy who was a, reviewed movies and stuff. His name was Gene Shalit on NBC TV, and he became Gene Shalit's producer. Another guy went on to uh, be a, a general manager of TV stations. All this talent was in this uh, radio station, and we were just having fun. Mm -hmm. And then I worked for AM Records, same thing. The, even though there was like 28 of us reps all over the United States, we were family. And then every time we'd go down to the AM lot, which used to be Charlie Chaplin's studios originally, Ooh. it was like a party. I mean, we just had fun. And yet, working we were getting things done we were making people famous 
and uh, I've been working on the. Um, I'm digress a little. I've been I've been writing. Uh, I found a new passion, and I wrote a book, and I'm writing a screenplay, uh, and I the working title is with a little help from my friends. Kind of I didn't use with my with a little help from my buddies, but mm. but it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and and it's just I borrowed it from the title of the Beatles song, but mm -hmm. the man who made that song famous, really famous, was a man called Joe Cocker, and Joe Cocker was on AM Records, and and my theory was, uh, we have all these people that we made famous, but we were the people behind the scenes that facilitated their fame. They had the musical talent. But they couldn't have done it without a team behind them, and it kind of fits into the the buddy theme, doesn't it? It does. Uh, that, that that we worked so well together that it was almost like this is too easy. <laughs> that's that's absolutely perfect, and it's always better with friends, you know. It is always one hundred percent better with your buddies, like you said, with the work and play, you know. So now I've got to ask from other than Sonic Cinema here, who are some other noteworthy clients that you represent? Well, I've stayed in touch with a lot of the artists that I worked with at one point in time. Um, sadly, some of them have passed away, like uh, Karen Carpenter. But um, I've stayed in touch with Peter Frampton. And mm -hmm. then um, there's one of the, as I was putting together um, some um, new artists that I, I um, work, was working with. Uh, these artists are unknown. They have no money. They, 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 they're just starting. Um, I put it out there uh, that I was working with new artists and I get a, 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 a messenger message from Facebook from an old friend and he says, I have a uh, I have a lady, a girl that I'm working with. Could I send you her music? And I said, absolutely. And he sent me some songs. And I, I'm honest. You know, if it's average, I'll say so. If it knocks me out, I'll, you can't keep me shut up. And I went and says, this Nina is amazing. Who is she? And he says, well, I'm producing. This man is named Manny Charlton. And Manny was the guitar player and, and songwriter for a group that I worked with at A&M called Nazareth. They had a huge hit in the 70s called Love Hurts. But um, he also was a, a really accomplished record producer in demand. He did Guns N' Roses and, and, um, and, and you know, He's, he's living in Spain, and and here we are talking uh, like you and I are uh, uh, via video, and uh, and so Mina says, "Will you help me?" And I said, "Sure. When you come to the United States, I got you covered, mm -hmm. and you will come to the United States at some point. I know all the concert promoters. I know, uh, you know, I even." 
I, I, I never steer someone in a particular direction, even though I have my bias. But I say you're going to have to get um, uh, publishing uh, rights, uh, publishing organization uh, rights, uh, PRO. And in the United States, it's ASCAP and BMI. It just happens that the vice president of film for BMI is one of my best friends. In fact, she was one of my employees at one point. So, you know, when someone comes to the United States, they may have a CSAC as a, a publishing for international, but they need, and I, I try and say, well, you know, there's ASCAP and BMI, which pick one, you know, I can do more for you with BMI. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. but it, all, it all connects, you know, all, yes. these, all these things connect with each other. Yes. So you were mentioning like taking, bringing on new clients and just how they found you and what you expected from them. What do you expect if someone were to reach out to you for representation? What do you look for ultimately? I'm, I'm a, I've reached the age where I can be altruistic. Uh, money is not my motivation. Um, I, before the pandemic, in fact, uh, it wasn't. Uh, a year ago, last November, I went down to a music festival and I saw this duo play. And um, they, I talked to them afterwards, like I did Kenton. And I said, I really like you. Let's keep talking. They uh, worked out of LA and, um, and I asked a lot of questions. I always ask three questions. I'll say to a potential person or band that I want to work with, I ask, what's working, what's not working, and what would you like to have happen? Because I don't have time to work with people who aren't dedicated to their craft. If they're just doing it to fill some time uh, or have an adventure, then they may have the talent that they don't have the commitment. Sorry. And when they answer those three questions, um, then I get a feel for whether I want to work with them. And they, uh, they told me all about what they were doing, and we talked for several months. And then I had this frank discussion with them. I said, you know, most bands that I, that I work with or come in contact uh, are good and they're promising, but they're not ready. You're ready. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I, 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 there's not a lot I can do for you as far as repertoire or guidance. You have your social media down, you have funding, you have everything, all these ducks in a row. The only thing you need now is top personal management. And you can't go to a personal manager and get, they're not going to talk to you. They'll say, I'm sorry, you, you, you know, you're not ready for this. Unless someone like me can introduce you to them and get them to really listen to what they have. So I called up a manager that I know. He happens to be Sting's manager. I think I already mentioned Sting once. 
And, um, and I said, would you like to listen to this group? And he said, sure. And he signed them and he calls me up and says, Ross, I just want to let you know there's a finder's fee in this for you. Now, I didn't do it for the finder's fee. Heck, I didn't even know there was a finder's fee that he was going to offer me. But, kind of in a roundabout way, what do I get out of it? You know, I get personal satisfaction of advancing someone's career. If I get some com kind of compensation, great. I think we all crave one thing, all three of us, and that is recognition of our work. Um, a performer gets it immediate when they finish a song. That, that just, to a performer, man, you know, it makes all those, all that practicing and all that creative uh, thinking worth it because the audience tells you, we love you, we like you. And when a, someone I work with acknowledges me and my contribution, that's the payment I seek. That's the recognition I seek. I love it. Love it. I love it how you work with them to help them. It's not just, hey, I want to sign, you know, hey, I saw your work, I want to sign you. Or, hey, I... Yeah, I think you are a truly amazing, you know, let's just see how much money we can make you. It's, okay, what are your goals here? What are your financial, you know, what are your finances? What can we do for you? What can we, what can we build on? Not just someone, hey, I'll just put my name on you and then everyone will know you and everyone will go through or something, you know? A little story just popped into my head mm -hmm. because I try and teach my friends, but most of them are performers, uh, humility. Why? Because it took me a long time <laughs> to learn humility. When you have success, it's we all have egos, and it's hard to sublimate our ego. Uh, so I try and teach this, and I use this story as a as a as a teaching lesson. Uh, this guy helped uh, another friend. He was they were both Vietnam veterans. And uh, he helped him recoup. This guy lost his legs and arms and his eyesight uh, in, a, uh, in, in Vietnam. And he had some addiction problems when he came back. And he was lucky to be alive. But his friend uh, helped him uh, rehabilitate. And then his friend calls him up and says, I'm looking for some mementos and I'm wondering if you can help me. And he says, sure. He says, why do you need the mementos? He says, because they're going to make a movie of my life. And went, fantastic. And so um, um, he, uh, he helped him. And then he talked to his other friend. He says, you know, I have a little bit of a resentment. Now, really, if he wanted to be honest with him, he was jealous of his friend that they were making a movie of. But he couldn't admit that to himself. Instead, he said, uh, you know, this guy helped a lot. And he hasn't even thanked me. And his other friend says, you know something? We were watching the Olympics last night. Were you? Yeah. Did you see that guy get up on the, on the, on the 
you know, whether he received the gold medals. Did you see that guy get his gold medal? He says, yeah, that was amazing what he did. He says, yeah. If he walked into the bar right now, would you recognize him? He says, probably not. He says, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't. He says, sometimes in life, you have to think this way. Everybody, rather, rather, anybody who needs to know what you did last night, or for this guy, already knows. The person who needs to know what you did already knows. You know, if I help Ed or Kenton or whatever, yeah, I want their thank you, but even that isn't necessary because I know. And that's the only person that needs to know. Exactly. And that's a great lesson in humility because it's not about just getting your name up there and saying, oh, Sonic Cinema is brought to you by Ross. You know, so it's all about just, can I help you? What can I do for you? Because I think ultimately in the end, I'm, you know, I'm a religious guy. I think ultimately in the end, it's not going to be how many things you have your name on or how many things you can pride yourself over. Like, I did it, I did it, da, da, da. it's what did you do for your fellow man? You know? You know, I, I can see the look on Ed's face because, see, we have a, 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 a conference meeting most every week. Yep. I don't think he's ever seen me this serious. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to switch to video conferencing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you really don't want that. Okay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'll, I'll act out, you know? Will I'll you? Out. I already act out way too much already. <laughs> but that's why we love you so much. Your, your behavior makes us seem normal. One of my friends has a phrase that I like it. He says, oh, stop it some more. <laughs> that's good that's good yeah so so nick something else you should know he mentioned it just briefly but uh it, it's really very very much a part of his world ross is a fantastic writer and, and he's in the process of turning all this lifelong time of stories of all the people he's met and all the careers he's been part of uh into a, a narrative story so I know he has a lot of really great stories going there. He is a terrific writer. So we are waiting, waiting for that book and then that movie that we expect to play dead bodies in. So. <laughs> well, no dead bodies in my movie. You know, really? I, I, yeah, in, in the arts, especially in the performing arts, uh, we don't steal uh, anybody else's work, do we? But um, we get influenced, and and we be, we come up with something that satisfies ourselves. But it's that motivation. When you write a song, and I love it, I gotta write a song that's better. <laughs> you know? If you do a trick and I like it, I gotta write, do a trick that's better. So yep. we all make it elevate each other. And, and, and that's what I love about the arts. We, we boost each other's creativity through the roof. Yep. And, then, and that's something that I look forward to. I like it when people say that, like, hey, you do something, I want to do it better. Not as in that spiteful, well, now I got to top them or whatever. Now I definitely have to make my thing. But as in, 
hey, these guys did it. Now it's my turn. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, Brian Wilson uh, used to say the Beatles. He said, you know, honestly, when you when I heard your music, I, I had to write better music because you guys were so good. <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. we, the audience, got the benefit of their mutual admiration. Mm-hmm. 100%. Now, Ed touched on it briefly. Outside of the business, you are a writer. What else do you like to do outside of work? What are some of your favorite hobbies? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I like cooking. Ooh. Um, this la last year, I really, really had a little opportunity to cook. But but I love cooking and doing dinner parties, and and so um, I, I I I collect I like to say my life's journey is collecting people, and I collect photographers as friends. I collect authors as friends. I collect musicians as friends, but I also collect chefs. Mm. And why? Because I want to steal from them. I want to. I want to learn how to make something that's incredible, not to show off, but to see the look in your eye when you taste that food I prepared. Now I wouldn't have been able to make that food had I not had someone world class teach me. But once once I learned to cook, man, I just said I got to get more more chef friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree 100 percent with that because just it's not about like what you make it's about the reactions that you get. For example, like taking a friend to a restaurant, you know, whenever I take any friend to this one restaurant in town, I'll tell them, look, I am so confident in this restaurant, I will order for you. I will tell you exactly what you want. Just trust me. All I want in return is for you to take the first bite because I want to see the look on your face when you bite into that flaming yum. And go to heaven just for that 10 seconds just you feel like you're on heaven on earth when you when you prepare a dish it's like when i was a kid someone mm -hmm. would come to my house and say ross i got this record and they would put it on there was no doubt in their mind i was gonna love whatever they played <laughs> and so sometimes when you do things like cooking it's not a question of are they going to like it. It's a question of I want to see their face. Mm -hmm. I want to see their eyes light up because you know they're going to love it. Mm -hmm. But to actually see them is the reward. Yes. And I think that's why one reason my mom gets so much joy out of cooking for me because she knows anything that she makes, I'm going to eat. Even if it's just a bunch of good things that she just found in the fridge. Because she's going grocery shopping the next day or something and just toss together something. She knows that if I'm at the dinner table, it's going to be a good meal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then you, uh, the uh, reverse of the question that you asked, what do I like, is what don't I like anymore? You know, as, as we get older, uh, it comes as a surprise sometimes. This year, we were, you know, certain things were deprived. One of them was sports. Um, another was some 
big galas like the Oscars and the Golden. I didn't even watch the Golden Globes this year. I didn't mm. have any interest. I didn't watch football or baseball or anything. You know, I I, mean, I used to be a, such a big fan, but that's because um, nature abhors a vacuum, and we creative people also abhor a vacuum. So when something's taken away, we fill it with something else. And working with people like Ed, you know, why would I want to watch football? <laughs> why would you? <laughs> you get much more entertainment out of this guy than you do seeing other people just throw, throw a ball around and tackle each other. Yeah. You can see him and Kevin do that without even paying a price for a ticket or cable. That's right. Yep. By the way, I have to show you. Uh, I ran into a magician on on the internet, and he did a trick. And I'm gonna have to show it to you. And of course, I'm gonna ask you, how did he do it? <laughs> I thought magicians never gave away their secrets, though. They don't, but I coaxed them out of it. Mm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Good to have a goal, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can definitely tell that you guys are absolute buddies. You're not just this coworker, you know, like he's our manager, we're his client. Let's just, do, you know, let's just. I'll, I'll be totally honest. I only like Ed because he has such a beautiful wife. She is it's a true. Daughter. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Hey, whatever works, man. <laughs> no, it's not no, no. actually. I'll, I hope. I hope Karen's not listening. No, but she's. I, no. I, I like. I like to say this, but uh, to make her feel good. But I, you know, I really, really like Ed as a standalone person. You know. But you got, you know, they're a couple. They, they're mm -hmm. a package deal. So yeah. you get one, you get both, or you get none. That's the deal. <laughs> both none. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's just smart to, to be, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you gotta realize, you gotta realize this. Karen is Ed's real life manager. You know. <laughs> Karen, uh, you're his man. Obviously, you're his manager, but Karen is the real. Yeah. The real boss, the real head honcho. He's got a point. Yeah. Well, we're all lucky we have significant others. Yes, we are. are yes. More significant than we are. We are absolutely right. 100, 100% right there. Yep. Well, uh, but yeah, so as I said before, I can tell you guys are buddies. In your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Um, let me see. You asked me that question, and I actually uh, told you about it. Uh, mm -hmm. But now I can't remember my answer, so I'll have to wing it. Uh, I th I think better when I write uh, because you can edit yourself. <laughs> um, but being a buddy, I think I already said it, is recognizing that we don't do anything alone. You know, and. Being a buddy is, if you've got the best aspects of being a buddy, is that you're unconditional. 
You'll do anything for your buddy because you know your buddy will do anything for you. And um, uh, I'm drawing a, a brain fart. Um, Speaking the heart. But uh, you you make each other. I think we already said this. You make each other better. Mm-hmm. You know, a buddy that elevates you. Oh, I know what I said. Buddy, being a buddy is a win-win proposition. It's not a zero-sum. You're absolutely right. And what a better relationship to have where you both win. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I never get that when I buy a lottery ticket. (laughs) You love them. They don't love you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, you're absolutely right. Buddies are win-win situations. It should never be a situation of, you know, oh, I'll be his friend so then he can give me what, I, like he can continue to do this for me, like he can continue to fill this for me, or he can continue to help me with the, you know, help me with this, like help me get connections to this person or something. If you're you're keeping score with your buddy, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Exactly. It should never be, look, dude, I've done X, Y, and Z for you. What have you done for me? Or, you know, this time it's your time to owe me the favor. I've done three favors for you in the past month or something. You know what? That that opens up our phone call with, you know, I'm not doing enough for you, Russ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hey, man. All hands on deck. We are rowing this boat. (laughs) So. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of like doing the, you know, actually doing things and helping one another, part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So I got to ask, what, if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? I'm sorry, say that again. Yeah. If you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? And, and, and I'm, I apologize. Hmm. If I could, what? Have our audience donate to one charity oh, of your choice. Charity thing. Yeah, that's right. The the audio, you know, I, I, I should be wearing my hearing aids. But mm. uh, sometimes I don't. Um, well, I, I, I support a lot of charities, and I think we all tend to, to lean that way. Um, we, uh, in fact, I, after I give you the answer i'd like to give someone some business advice um that i give to to uh, clients but um uh i i am partial to a nonprofit by the name of musicians on call and uh they're on youtube uh they have you know a lot of bruce springsteen and a lot of artists Mm. uh, jackson brown have, have participated as volunteers. And what they do is they go to veterans hospitals and children's hospitals mostly. Uh, but every every local chapter has pretty much, the, if they wanna go to homes or whatever, they can do that. But what they all have in common is they go to, to visit sick people and play music for them. So that's why they call them musicians on call. And they're based out of Nashville. And uh, it's just a really well-run organization. And I'm one of those people that I, I check nonprofits out. 
because I want to make sure they're not eating up 85% of the money I donate in administrative costs. I want it to go to the intended recipients. And uh, Musicians on Call is one of those good ones. Locally, I've known Alice Cooper a long time. And years and years ago, he started Alice Cooper's Solid Rock Foundation. He happens to be a devout Christian, even though he bit the heads off pigeons. But <laughs> uh, that was just a theatrical thing, folks. Um, <laughs> but uh, he started a uh, teen club in Phoenix. And this club is amazing. It has a state-of-the-art recording studio. It has a dance studio. His wife uh, it was a dancer. It has an art studio. It has a TV and video studio. If you want to learn how to play guitar, someone will teach you. If you want to learn how to play drums, someone will teach you. If you don't know what you want to do, you can just play video games. And to me, the coolest part is they have workshops where someone comes into town, a famous drummer or other musician, and they teach, tell the kids their life story and, and what it takes to become uh, who they are. And so the kids are 10 feet away from them. And uh, it, it's just uh, an incredibly safe place. And their, their motto is, it's a place to come to find your talent because you have talent. You just have to find it and we'll help you find it. So I'm a big supporter of Solid Rock Foundation. I'm a big supporter of musicians. I love that. Love that sounds like an organization I would have, I would definitely check out, you know, that's something because you're right. Everyone has a talent and it's all about finding it. It's all about just realizing, Hey, I am good at this and then building up, taking the first step, you know, Alice uses a celebrity for positive things. Mm -hmm. He has a, a concert every year called Christmas Pudding. And in it, he has the two opening acts um, that are local artists. Uh, but he also has all these famous people, uh, you know, from Chicago, Styx, uh, all, these, all these artists come into town and, and, and perform for free to raise money for Solid Rock Foundation. Which leads me to the advice. Can I give it to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I tell all artists, donate your talent. You know, you gotta eat, you gotta perform, you gotta make a living, but donate your talent. However, you don't do it for free. Um, you ask, that if they're a nonprofit, you ask them, my fee would normally be $10,000. I'm going to do an in-kind. Will you write me a, contra a contribution, a receipt, saying that I did this in-kind fundraiser for you? Um, and, uh, and you get that in-kind for $10,000. That's going to help offset your money that you do earn. It helps your taxes. And so when you do um, a good turn for a, for a charity, they should do a good turn for you. Don't, don't, don't hesitate to ask for that in-kind contribution. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, speaking of advice, it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? So I'm going to make this a two-parter for you. The first part is for anyone who wants to become a talent agent to help others, as you've been explaining this entire episode, what is your advice to them? Well, there's, again, I wish there was a school. Maybe I should start a school. Let me see. Hmm. Rump Universe, no. Um, you, there's no school for it. You, but the thing is, you, you build contacts. And that means you got to be a good person because people don't want to know you unless you have something to contribute. So as you build contacts, you can become a powerful agent, not a ignominious one. I like five dollar words. Um, and so if you're going to be an agent, you have to climb the ladder like everybody else, but build those relationships. I call them dots so that you can connect the dots for your clients. Love that. Love it. It's all, you're right. It's all about networking. It's all about those connections. Hey, that's the word I was trying to think of. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other end, you mentioned it earlier with the charity advice. What about if someone's out there looking for representation, looking to get their name out there, get their to spin? Well, it, it, I always start with the warning. There's a lot of scammers and wannabes that will take your money. They'll say, I can be a publicist. I can do this. Or, uh, my fee is this. Um, you know, I wasn't thinking about this question, answer rather, but now uh, that it came into my pea brain, I'm going to say it. Uh, say, hey, uh, invest in my career uh, and, and I promise to you know, pay your fees as I grow. So I call it equity investment. If you find someone who's willing to, to invest in their time and talent in you, not for money, but for future returns, then you know where their heart is. Um, yeah, they got, you know, they can't, they can't work out of pocket. You got to pay for their out of pocket, but if they're really good, they'll prove to you that they're really good. And then once they start elevating and helping you um, increase your income, then you ought to share some of that with them. Mm -hmm. Indefinitely. And never anything that's copyrighted like a song, uh, but uh, a contract saying, hey, I, I will pay you your fees $1,500. Uh, keep a running tab of what you do for me. And at some point in time, I'm going to try and compensate you for what you did for me when I needed you most. Love it. Paying back, just paying it forward, paying it back, just giving what you can, not just having it be a one-way relationship. Yeah, you do this for me and I'll give, you know, and you'll it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Uh, you do this for me and here's how I'm going to give it back immediately. Or here's how I'm going to plan to give it back at least. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of horror stories too where um, managers got jilted by the group because they helped and sacrificed to get them to a certain point in their career, and then uh, a big agent or a personal manager waltzes in and says, "Forget that manager, I'll be your manager," and then that manager gets left out in the cold. 
Um, you wouldn't think that a band would do that to a manager, but it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and so I say, don't ever do that to someone. <laughs> you know, it, it, it karma it mm-hmm. goes around, comes around. Mm-hmm. Stick to the people that helped you get to where you are today. Not the people who where you want to be. Okay, now that I'm at this step, you know, you're you've done your dues. Thank you so much for your time and effort. I'm gonna go with this route, you know. Stick it's to what's okay to say I have to move on to someone who's more influential, but thank you for your help and I hope to compensate keep compensating you for some of the things and recognition. Yeah. I want people to know I got here and I'm 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 big time now, but that guy, whatever his name or her name is, helped me get here. Why? Because that will help them help others. I love it. Love it. Like we say, it's not just about, hey, you know, just keep what you're, you know, it's not just, oh, you'll help me get to this point once you get to this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens or something. It's all about just having that relationship and having that where you know. If Sonic Cinema hits, you know, continues to hit it big time and really jumps to a platform that just makes it, you know, that makes it worldwide where almost everyone on the street is talking about Sonic Cinema, they're not just going to go, see you later, Russ. You know, you know, uh, Sonic Cinema obviously has a musical component. Mm-hmm. I have to say this, and that is, I never in my imagination thought I'd be working with magicians, mentalists, uh, uh, silent film you know uh, but when you when you spot creativity it doesn't matter i work with a, a painter an artist and several of them and i never thought i'd work with painters either but that's that's the nice thing is that when you spot greatness from my point of view is it's all too easy I know how to deliver the baby. I call myself a musical midwife. And for people who don't know what a midwife is, I was delivered by a midwife. I wasn't born in a hospital. A woman came over and and assisted my mom in delivering me. And I like to say she didn't create me, but she delivered me to the world. I don't create music, but I deliver it to the world. Perfect. And that's exactly what it's all about. So thank you so, so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a pleasure to meet you, and I hope to keep in touch with you as well. I hope I, you... I have no doubt we are going to. What's what's that line from one of those movies? Gee, I might need help. From what movie are you thinking of? He says, um, you know... I think this is the start of a beautiful relationship. Casablanca. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at mimicking. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. And you know, and you know, it's just like, uh, it's just like, (laughs) I like your persona begin with, and these guys wouldn't let me forget you anyway. I love it. That's why they're my buddies. That's why they're my buddies, ultimately. Because I know even if something were to happen, even if we were to get off this episode and you were to be, yeah, staying away from this show for the rest of my life or something, they'd be, hey, just give him one more. Just give him one more. I promise you he's going to do this or something, you know. 
See, the, other thing, the other thing Ed's going to do is gonna, he's going to say, have you talked to Nick lately? Mm-hmm. You, need to, you, need to call, you need to call him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, me and these guys stay in touch almost every day. So. Well, you have, you have one of the nicest. I, I was in a fraternity in college. And, and that kind of culture isn't common nowadays. But um, in, in the arts, it is. You have a fraternity. Yes. And to me, I haven't gotten an official invitation. Maybe I need to be a pledge. Huh? Anyway, I want to be part of your fraternity. We would be honored to have you, sir. We would be. It's you're, You know what? You already are part of our fraternity. When you come on this show, you're not a guest. You're not just some, oh, we're just talking with Ross today about that. We're talking with our buddy, Ross. You are an official buddy here on Buddy Cat. Thanks, buddy, Nick. Thanks, buddy, Ed. Yes, you are an official buddy. It's like it's like if I were to if I were to take this here and knight you, you are now an official buddy. Ow! <laughs> that would be my luck too. That would probably be my that'd be I'd be like, you know, all those comedy scenes where like someone gets knighted and then all of a sudden you hear the gasp? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be my luck. And you'd look down and go, Oh. That's thank the you. third guy I beheaded to this year. <laughs> you'd have the it's night been a busy the, year. Yeah. You'd have the night with the chalkboard over here, days without an accident. And after <laughs> yes. Yeah. So thank you so much. Stick around for a minute afterwards and we'll chat. But for all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Ross, my good buddy, Ed, and I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. And Ross, I got one favor to ask you today. Okay. Go be someone's buddy. Say that again? Go be someone's buddy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same with you, Ed, but I always I know you do that even if I told you not even if I even if I didn't have to ask you. So but we'll catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Well the days are going fast, buddy buddy we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cats now Don't be lonely, come make it, buddy Here on Buddy Cats